0: All right. Hi, Ebony. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Sorry about my voice. I've been screaming and yelling while training. Oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, You're so fine. And guys, Ebony and I have been chatting away and I was like hitting a point where I was like, we are talking too many good things to not just hit record and chat about it with y'all. So we are going to get to it. So Ebony and I actually met few years ago would have been three, okay, five, yeah, four years ago, five years, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And Ebony is up in Atlanta. She is a fitness instructor. Actually, the, fir- okay, the first thing I remember of you, Ebony, is When I met you, first off, high vibes, the highest energy in the room, the most friendly person in the room, biggest smile. And then the phrase that you said, you said, I am fitness. Like just that (laughs) that phrase, you said, I am fitness. And I was like, this girl, I gotta be friends with her. Like your energy is contagious. And I know that everybody that is like in the same room as you can probably say the same thing. And so I just want you to know that that phrase (laughs) stuck in my mind. It was amazing. i so was
1: around standing there for a while. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everyone's like,
1: what do you do? Literally anything with the fitness. Eating, yeah. nutrition, supplements, working out, fun stuff. Fitness.
0: <laughs> fitness. I am Venice. <laughs> I love it. But he's also an amazing mom. She is a coach. She's an entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. She is recently dating. And and I saw that on your Instagram. And I just think it's the cutest thing, what he did for your birthday. together. <laughs> he's so cute. Okay. <laughs>
1: I'm just like hey, hey, how are you?
0: <laughs> I love it, but but guys, we're here today, honestly, surprise, surprise, to get uncomfy. And so the first thing I just want to start off, and I want to say, guys, is if this topic hits a chord for you, some way, shape, or form, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, if it gets you feeling a little defensive, or you have an urge to just shut it off, and next, and get to some like you know positive, happy, happy, life is fine podcast, which not to say that's you know not amazing, but on the contrary, I encourage you guys to hang with us, to be in this conversation, to sit down. Ebony said it to me. She said, maybe get a drink if it is that time, but sit in those feelings of discomfort in defensiveness, in self-reflection and sit in it, right? Because the biggest thing I think about this conversation is just that we all have to own it. We all have to own it. We are all a part of it. It is not irrelevant to you. No matter what shade your skin is, this conversation is relevant to everybody. And so it's going to get maybe uncomfy. Maybe I'm going to say some wrong things. But what I love about Ebony is, you know, she stepped forward to just say, hey, I'm here to have the conversation, the honest conversation, and speak about it in a way that sheds light on, you know, the Black community, Black experiences, that truthfully, guys, I'm a white, 25-year-old, blonde hair, blue-eyed female. I have not known, and I'm embarrassed, and I'm, again, defensive, and unsure, and depressed, and sad, and sorry, and all the emotions that wrap into that, but Today, I, I really wanna give Ebony the floor and listen. I wanna listen and then have the conversation about a way forward and not just the one post and the one day that you're gonna do it, but you know, it's a journey of education. And, and I love the quote by Maya Angelou who says, do the best until you know better. When you know better, do better. So we're gonna do better. I'm gonna do better maybe in me admitting where i've been wrong i've done wrong i've said wrong maybe that will help you guys self-reflect and realize that you can do better we can all do better so ebony first off i'm just going to give you the floor and go where you want to take it but i want to hear from you and your experiences where you've been
1: so first off i just want to say and premise this this is a safe space yeah so whether you're feeling emotional whether you have questions after this you are more than welcome to reach out to me. Personally, I get a lot of DMs. I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of, Ebony, can you explain this to me in the Black community? I just don't understand. I'm a safe space. You're never going to be met with any opposition. And it'll always be coming from a place of understanding and love and respect, no matter how uncomfortable the topic may be for either of us. So, Background, I'm a psych major, psychology, child and family therapy, with a minor in minority studies and sociology. I graduated from high school at 16, fun fact. What happened was I couldn't stay in school and I knew there was one way to get out of it, which was do my damn best. So my mom enrolled me into two different schools at the same time, so I could do my damn best. So I would do school during the day, And then come home and do an online school at night until I could test out of middle school. And that's the reality, not necessarily going that hard, but that's the reality of a lot of Black America. We have to always push ourselves to be the best and to be absolutely greater than 100 in order to get 50% of what our white counterparts naturally are able to get. That is why we dominate in athleticism as sports, because we're taught from a young age that Black passion is Black aggression. So therefore, the best way to get it out is to go and hit a football, to go and throw a basketball. And that is what we're taught. That's why we dominate sports, is because we're always expected to do the most aggressive or passionate or something that's the most colorful thing and to be put in our place of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Black community is a place of entertainment and if we attempt to bring it outside of the Black community such as, I was talking to one of my Russian friends the other day, cornrows, uh, hair twist, dreads, Natural hairstyles that grow our hair naturally, afros is how our hair naturally grows. We are taught that once we bring it out of our culture and community, it is unprofessional. It is unkempt. We must constantly damage our hair in order to make it look professional, such as relaxers, kerosene treatments, sew-ins, different weaves. We're taught that we have to have straight hair in order to look beautiful. But then we're ridiculed for having straight hair because, everyone knows that's not how our hair naturally grows up out of our head. Yeah. So when it comes to race, when it comes to ethnicity, when it comes to America, there are so many different layers that go unnoticed, that go unseen, that go unthought of just because it's never had to be prevalent in white America's face when it comes to media. The media controls everything. And now after the Kardashians, who are white-passing, because they're very much Armenian, but they're white-passing. Once they started wearing these braids, and these cornrows, and these lace fronts, and all these weaves, now it's normal. Everybody know what a lace front is. Everybody know how to do a sew-in. Everybody know how to do some cornrows, and get those cornrows and twist. And what do you mean, bad baby? Or was it bad Barbie? Whatever the little um, Jersey girl name is. But catch me outside, her and all the other white people who appropriates our culture and make it mainstream and then we lose the significance and the historical context of why we actually wear it and what it truly represents so just a quick there is one of the things i learned in sociology was appropriation and assimilation Mm -hmm. appropriation is when you take another culture And you wear it as a costume as your own or wear it as something that because as fashion as your own without understanding the historical context and not giving representation or meaning to the original historical context of it. And then assimilation is what Black America has to do. We have to merge into white America in order to not be seen as aggressive, abrasive, the angry, loud Black woman and ghetto and everything else. Mm -hmm. So whereas... White America appropriates black culture. Black America has to assimilate and mix into white culture in order to be viewed as a human, not necessarily a complete human because we wouldn't be where we are today if we were viewed as an actual human being with feelings. Mm -hmm. Instead we're viewed as a ghetto person who should have been listening to somebody and they wouldn't have got hurt. That's the difference. Now, I bring that up because braids are cultural. They're historical to our culture because that is one of the ways we escaped slavery. We would braid patterns into our hair, and it would teach us the roadmaps to how to follow the stars in order to leave the plantation and get back.
0: I had no idea.
1: It protects our hair. So, because our hair is naturally curly, it protects our hair so the curls can stay healthy and vibrant instead of breaking off. Mm-hmm. But then when white people or any other ethnicity with a finer textured hair do it, it usually breaks their hair off and it ruins it because you have to pull so tight in order to protect it. But they were for fashion, whereas we did it for necessity. But then when we do it for necessity and in interviews, we're taught that you have to constantly white out ourselves in order to be accepted.
0: And that's so that teaching that happens at a very young age. I am just in hearing you say that, it's like such a stark but subtle thing for me as a white woman. I mean, so I have this actually in the recent weeks and, and months that I have been doing some real deep digging within myself. I had this experience in middle school. And I was telling you before we started recording. I'm from a very heavily white community. I think maybe I had one or two, a handful of Black guys, girls that were there in my high school, and most of them were getting busted in from a different technical town. And so I was in a very, very heavily white area, remember? Okay, so I, when I was little, middle school, how old were you in middle school? Uh, 12,
1: 11, 12, 11, yeah. 12, 13
0: so the song, I believe the artist is like Lil Mama lip gloss. Um, was my jam. My lip gloss. About, okay. Yes. I freaking loved. I love that song. I did never stop singing that song. And I remember one day in class, I was singing that song and I got yelled at. My teacher told me, so I'm this 11 year old girl. I, it was sixth grade and I'm jamming out to Lil Mama and she told me to stop. She took me out in the hallway and she told me how inappropriate it was for me to pretend to be a black woman and that I should never want to be that that I should own my whiteness and and it, this is a conversation I remember so vividly because I was so like in that moment I had no idea like I was like proud of this song I knew all the words it was like on the radio right and in that moment I think it hit me that like, white is better almost and that is like that's uncomfy to say and it's embarrassing to say that i had that experience and that was like i don't want to say ingrained in me but it's so interesting it's for you and scary to me to, to see the stark difference where you as a middle schooler was having a complete different teaching and my teaching i mean kind of similar almost where you were appropriating and I was being told
1: You're assimilating.
0: Assimilating. Okay, yes.
1: Thank assimilate needs to merge. Appropriate means to steal.
0: Okay, yeah. So you were you were taught to assimilate. And I was taught stay away from black culture, stay away from black music. And it's so crazy that those experiences they shape us as subtle as they can be. And so as a mom, you know, what are some of the things And I, again, this is about listening to you and listening to your experience because me as a kid, you know, I was never told a way to handle situations with police officers. I was never told, you know, how to handle a situation when you're walking through a store. That was never a conversation. And so as a mom, you know, again, just in the tone of listening for for people that might not know what that looks like, what does that look like? So
1: it's always, you know, how you, the normal, don't touch nothing when we get into the store, right? Guys, I'm not not buying nothing, don't touch nothing. For us, it's more so keep your hands to your sides. Make sure they're always visible. If they ever become invisible, you will be subject to being searched. So it's being on your best behavior while you're in the store because if you embarrass me, then you, or if you embarrass yourself, you embarrass me. You embarrass me, you embarrass the family, which that's typically, across the board, you don't want temper tantrums. But when our children have temper tantrums in stores, they're looked at more so as if we can't control our child. We can't control them because it, we can't control our children by the standards that we were taught to control children by. So now in today's society, it is taught that spanking is bad. Punishment is horrible. You should never do that to a child and that is how we're taught that now in today's society but growing up we got whoopings all the time Mm -hmm. and what people don't realize and understand is that the black community not africans but the black community when brought here from slavery we were taught to control the black community by beating each other by having the overseers beat us that is how you control a black person that's how you control a black child so then when slavery was abolished and we had to go to our shacks and homes, how do you control somebody when you've been taught for 400 years one way to do it?
0: Yeah.
1: You repeat it. You beat it. You beat it out of them. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh my God, go beat your children. I don't actually want my child at all. But I'm saying the thought process of how so much Black America is still representative of what we've been taught on plantations. And what our grandparents had to endure, and then they pass it down to their children, who then pass it down to us. Mm-hmm. That you control someone by doing this. And so, going into a store and you have a child acting out, our initial reaction is to snatch them up, stop doing that. We're not doing that. But then we have, as you say, Becky, <laughs> looking like, I'm gonna call defects on you. I'm gonna call the people and you. It's like, well, wait, how do you control your children? I talk them down. I speak gently, but that's not how we were taught.
0: I also think there's this crazy stark difference with, okay, imagine you have, you know, that black mom, that black child, the child having a freak out, whatever is happening, regardless, mm-hmm. the way that's going to be perceived from a stander by maybe a white person, the way you're going to view that, I mean, and this is the unconscious, you know bias and we don't even realize right but it's almost ingrained where you see that and you're like this crazy black woman Mm -hmm. and then if you saw that with a white mom and a white daughter you just say oh this kid was yeah like this kid was just sorry you go
1: please this poor white mom you just can't control your baby it's okay
0: yeah isn't that crazy so i think that's so interesting i don't know if you have even any commentary for this but how one black mom black child can represent in that moment for one person say, oh my God, black moms are crazy. Mm -hmm. But if that same person were to see a white mom and a white child, they just, you know, completely process that in a different way. And I think like that is part of, I mean, first off realizing that, and then second off, you know, being in that situation, I think for people listening, saying, okay, well, like, you know, how do I fix this? What do I do? Like, it's rewinding and it's honestly rewiring, you know, the way you, you see things, the way you think about things and not defining a whole culture off of one situation. Do you, I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense. No, what you're saying is making sense. I actually had, so I have a Republican
1: mom, I have a Democrat mom, I got a liberal mom, like they're not biological. They're just like women who have influenced me in my life and I've like attached to them and they've attached to me as their daughter. And my Republican mom, she is the most redneck, racist woman you will ever meet. But there are different levels of racism. There's just chosen ignorance. And then there is just uneducated. You've been taught that seeing that Black woman in the store, she's a crazy Black people. And so you've been taught to replicate that without knowing. She's one of those. And when we speak, and we've had so many deep conversations, because she, when everything broke out, she's "Ebony." Now I don't understand what's going on. So like now if he just would have listened and like this shouldn't have happened. And then it was like a military thing she posted where it was during the riots because the military as you know came in to do the stateside stuff to control the riots. There was a black man from the streets, from the protests yelling at a black soldier in his face. And there was no audio. It was just a lot of physical, it looked very intense. And she posted and she was like, now this is wrong because he's a soldier. He represents America and this and that. Da, da, da. And I had to stay on her page, which her page is very Republican. And I was like, mom, this is not what's going on right now. What you guys are seeing is a black man yell at a soldier, a black man get mad at a person who represents America. I said, but what they are seeing is a brother to brother having to choose between his blackness and his career. Which one comes first? Because at the end of the day, it is not going to be his blackness. He has to take his blackness off in order to put that green on. And I was like, the passion they're having and they're talking right now, I said, he's not yelling at them. That's just a passionate conversation with how we communicate within our community. And I explained, there's been so many times when my sister would get all up in my face when we weren't seeing eye to eye. And she would just yell and scream and say all this stuff to me and I had to take it. And like, you know what? I am wrong. And it wasn't a sense of how dare you get in my face and disrespect me. It's a sense of, we are taught to also check ourselves. Mm -hmm. Brother teacher brother, it takes a village. And that's what like my company was built off of is it takes a village and which brought was ironically brought in by Hillary Clinton, but it takes a village to raise each other. It takes, and so that's the mindset that we have within our communities, especially because so many of our family members get whisked away to jail for very minor offenses. We have to learn to look out for one another and because of our upbringing and the way we are taught and it is ingrained in us to communicate with each other that yelling, that beatings and all that stuff is supposedly a natural thing. That is what we duplicate and replicate when we control the next Black person. Like, yo, you know, gonna will. Your mom is not gonna be proud of you being on this side of history right now. You need to take your greens off and step to this side of history and fight for your people. But he knows that he's going to be like less than demoted, probably like gone AWOL or something's going to happen to him. I don't know the technical terms and military if he takes his grains off and chooses his Blackness over his country. And so being a mom, seeing stuff like that every single day in history and happening in real time, like I was saying, when we are not on recording, there's so many layers. There's yeah. so many layers that everything has it has to be first heard listened and then understood it doesn't have to be sympathized with but empathize yeah. empathize that there are a whole group of people that do not and will not ever have those same experiences until at least another three generations
0: mm mm-hmm. And I think that's like a really great point and, and even transitioned into kind of talking about, I'm like hesitant to say like, a oh, way forward, you know, cause it's, I feel like naive and ignorant to think that there's just like one thing that is going to move us forward. I think like you said, it's layers, but you know, I think one of the biggest things I, I've been seeing is that maybe we can talk about is like people saying, well, I'm not racist and I don't have slaves and that was forever ago. So this is irrelevant to me. And I'm I'm gonna just stay off social media and I'm just not gonna look at it, right? Because again, those feelings of discomfort, the defensiveness, the guilt, and that you don't wanna feel with it. You don't wanna welcome that. But I think that's like that's not the answer, obviously. So can you speak on like why that's not the answer, you know, just like why that shouldn't be of okay, just because you're a good person, you're nice and you don't engage in quote-unquote racist activities. You know, how that's not enough right now. Well,
1: colorblindness is still one of the worst types of racism. And I say that because that means that you're turning your ears off to a whole nother human being and their experience in life. Yeah. So saying that I'm not racist and that that was so long ago, slavery didn't start our slavery didn't end 400 years ago. Slavery started 400 years ago. Africans were already here in America. Native Americans were already here in America, and they were enslaved. And Native Americans had to make treaties in order to enslave other Africans in order to protect them. And then the, I'm not racist, so I'm just not going to do it. But you're still benefiting from the system that is racism. There isn't technically a way to move forward. We just have to break the damn system. For instance, one of the most mind blowing facts to me when in sociology was that I wanna say up until the 60s or 70s, and may have been a little bit more recent than that, I can Google it, but Mm -hmm. certain counties like Cobb County and certain affluent counties are now in Georgia, they had a black ban. You are not allowed to sell homes to a black person in these higher affluent areas that had better education, up until recently, it could right. be up until the 80s or 90s. To be completely honest, but I'm trying to give it a little bit more leeway. And you yeah. can Google this. Real estate laws, real estate boundaries. Um, okay. it's public knowledge. But when you say I'm not racist, it doesn't affect me. You're turning yourself off to the possibility of learning something new, such yeah. as that, such as different people's experiences, such as all this hoopla about changing logos and changing names and stuff everyone's like oh my god the Washington Redskins they should have they should change their names good job do you guys know how long we've been in civil courts fighting to have the Redskin name removed for literally hundreds of years since they became established just like the Florida Seminoles Just like several other Florida teams and other American teams that have Native American presence on them. That's why the Tomahawk was removed from the Braves. That's why they had changed the original Braves logo. It wasn't a Tomahawk. It was a Native American savage. Hmm. And that just recently got changed. I still have Braves gear that has a Native American face on it with the crazed, savage look. The Florida...
0: Still in it.
1: Mm-hmm. And we still hear that brave sound. What does everybody do? Dun, 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 dun. We do the tomahawk chop. That is a, that is a signifier of a war. You didn't realize it, did you? No.
0: I'm like, <laughs> you guys can't see my face right now. I'm just like jaw floor, eyes wide open.
1: I that feel so a dumb. A war. Redskin. Calling a Native American redskin is the same exact derogatory term of calling a black person the n-word. It was the same exact way. The tomahawk is a representative of how white America scalped Native Americans. and then after they beat them, they grabbed their hair and chopped their entire scalp off. That is what the tomahawk represents. Yeah. Florida was one of the only states that instead of changing their name, they decided to put the proceeds purchased from that NFL and that college team goes to The tribe down there, the Seminoles, they're the only ones that recognize and allow that to happen, but they refuse to change their name. Washington Redskins are only changing their name because now it is popular to jump on the equality bandwagon.
0: Right. Right. And that's a topic in and of itself, you know, is like doing the thing just because it's trendy or just because you don't want to look like you're ignoring it, you know, so question for you here now, this might be a, I honestly think this is like a question that maybe people are thinking listening to this. They're like, okay, so like, I know in my heart, like I want to do something right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like this, like, I don't know what, what do I do with my hands? You know? So right. for white women could predominantly, I mean, I think there are going to be a lot of white women listening to this being like, what can I do? You know, in mm-hmm. a way that's not insensitive and ignorant and not just doing something because it's trendy. But I'm seeing so many different perspectives and so many different messages on social media. Like everything from reach out to your black friends to don't reach out to your black friends because don't put this on them. It's your issue, you know, to go follow black people, shout them out to, I was just listening to a podcast and with a, a black woman speaking, she said, no, honestly, don't do that because if you're just following somebody because you think you want to look like you're following somebody, it's fake, you know, and like buy from a black business, but don't say that you're buying from a black business. Cause then it looks showy, you know? So like, it's this whole, like, what do I do with my hands? I want to do good. I want to work on myself and I want to also, while working on myself, you know, social media is a great way to also inspire, whether you have a platform of hundreds of thousands or a few hundred you know, like, where do you stand? What do you think practically somebody listening to this who wants to be a, you know, a good part of this? What, what do they do? What do we do?
1: So everyone has their own different path. There is no unilateral answer to that. As you can see, I can't explain the vibe, but don't say it. That is just so for years we get beat down and fought against whenever we create something that is representative of just blackness
0: right
1: anytime there is well there's a black beauty store why does it have to be a black beauty store why can't it just be a beauty store okay well here's a black what was it a black body cleansing lady i can't think of her name but black restaurant well why does it got to be a black restaurant so i'm not welcome there because you only service black people no include us As long as you continue excluding us, we will continue building our own to say it's a safe space for Black people.
0: Wow, that's such a good
1: point. That is all. When we say we're building a Black business, when we have a Black neighborhood, when there is, this is our Black music, all we're saying is this is safe for you to be Black over here and not be attacked. It's okay for you to be your own self. It's okay for you to wear your hair. It's okay for you to wear your crop tops, your balloon pants, and it's okay to twerk because twerking is literally a part of our culture. Like in every ethnic native video you see, no matter if it is Spanish, if it is Hispanic, if it's Latino, if it's black, if it's African, no matter what it is, you always see us gyrating and dancing and vibrant and moving our hips because that's our culture. So, when you see and hear people say stuff that it seems as if it's signaling out only black people, all we are doing is saying to our community, it is safe to be here for you. This is a safe space where you won't get attacked. It is not saying this is only for black people. It's not saying only black people can shop and buy here. So, that is why there's this disparaged message of buy from black, don't buy from black. Say you're buying from black, but don't say it because it's a way people are confused on how do we tell our allies to support us but not signaling us out. Because you're understanding and you're reaching to understand, but there are some people who refuse to buy from people because it is owned by a black person, even if it is better service, even if it is a better product, they will simply refuse to buy from it just because it is owned by a black person yeah which so, go so like my sister experiences that with her she has a she's had several stores but it's always focused around children and parties and spas and like fun stuff for kids mm-hmm. and the moment a non-accepting white person realizes that she's not just an employee that she's actually the owner They go to her Yelp and Google reviews and leave nothing but negative reviews to demolish and to destroy her store. So where she's moved from affluent areas to other locations, her store, because she keeps getting attacked because it's too great to be black and owned by a black person. So that's why we say, don't say it. Don't signal us out. Just shop there. Tell your friends to shop there, but don't call us out. Just say it's a cool business and allow other people to decide.
0: I, uh, like literally, and my eyes are being opened right now. Like I, I never even considered that perspective. Like I just, and to me, like, that's the crazy thing is like something that's so reality to you. Something that you deal with every day is something that just now me at 25 years old, I'm like, just realizing, which makes me feel dumb and ignorant and naive, you know? And it's so, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. And that's something I think maybe people listening will never have ever considered if you, you know, hadn't put it like that. So.
1: So to answer the question of what can you do, sit back and observe, look in your communities, count how many black people you see walking in, and then ask yourself, why is that? Try to figure out the reason why, because there's always a reason why we are not in certain spaces in certain areas. It can be simply as, we didn't have the proper connection, although we had the education to be in a certain space. It can be something as simple as we are not allowed to be in certain neighborhoods past certain times. It can be something as extreme as there is a law against us being in certain areas. Oh. Do you know the word gentrification? Yes. Have you seen or experienced gentrification?
0: Like yep. I've heard. Okay. So yeah. So give us the definition.
1: I asked that because when I went to Seattle and I was talking, I was out there with my sponsors and I said something about a city and I was like, oh, this is totally gentrified. And they were like, what's gentrification? And I just looked and I had to make a decision. Do I really want to have this conversation now? Or do I just want to collect this check and just go home and just mm-hmm. cover my blackness and say, oh, it, it's, it's just different stuff." So I chose to just cover my blackness at that moment. Yeah, Gentrification is when you go and when the city decides it wants to, own a certain block it wants to that is within the black community but instead of going in and purchasing it like they do to most other homes like the countryside or something like that they'll go to the country We want this we want your farm for a road here's a check we're we're taking it over gentrification instead is they'll create food deserts where they'll move all the grocery stores outside of the radius of a city so then the black people inside cannot travel outside to those cities and those grocery stores. They then pump different weapons, different drugs into it. Most black, not most, a lot of black people don't have passports yet we have ways to get drugs. That is not because we just buy and sell drugs, it's because we get it from corporate America and ship it into the hoods, okay? So they then pump that into the system and then it kills off and it murders the actual block and neighborhood so then you see the dilapidated cities and streets and it's like, oh my God, we got to get out of here because it's unsafe. Well, as soon as it reaches a certain very low price hold and threshold, corporate America goes back to that neighborhood and buys it for pennies on the dollar and then puts a Starbucks up and then put a boutique studios up. Usually college white people see that it is a little inexpensive. It's a kind of a sketchy neighborhood, but they're redeveloping it to make it better And as they're doing that, they're continuously pushing out our grandparents and people who've been there for generations. And they refuse to fix the city when it was just Black people there. But then they start redeveloping it once they start wanting to make more money out of those cities. That's gentrification, is when they deliberately kill neighborhoods and then redevelop on top of it at pennies on the dollar. And then our grandparents' house, that was probably worth I don't know, say in the 60s, 50, $60,000, that was a lot back then. It then becomes dilapidated to where it's worth a couple thousand dollars. And then corporate America comes in and buys it, puts a Starbucks next to it. And then it raises its property value back up to hundreds of thousand dollars. Property value is determined based on the skin color of a person living next to it. That is why so many communities will say, oh my God, Black people moving in. Oh my God, the neighborhood's going down. How many times have a person who's listening have heard their family member say that when they saw a Black person moving into an affluent neighborhood? Property values going down.
0: That's so, I mean, I just think I don't even have words. And okay, so that right there, that where you say the conversations we hear and the things we see, the one-off phrase and the slight racist joke that we hear in the office. And I think, you know, for people listening right now, like that's our place to step up. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way to use white privilege for good and for allyship. Is that a word, allyship? I
1: no, we'll make it one today, girl. We'll, we'll make it, make it,
0: one. Make it <laughs> one. But to be an ally and say, you know what, Uncle Joe, that's not right, you know? And standing up in the office place and not leaving it to you, Ebony, to have to stand up for yourself.
1: But then you also got a question of your office place is safe enough for a black person because you can look around an office and you'll probably only see one or two black people and then they feel comfortable there with each other but will get questioned whether they're clicky you're being too clicky in the office so it's like i said it's a matter of sitting back and observing and asking yourself why aren't more black people here and then diving deep and figuring out why they aren't there What Qualities, what data points led to a Black person not being allowed in the same space? Mm
0: -hmm. And then what then? You know, like, and then what? So
1: then question and break the system. Find ways to incorporate the Black person. So one way, one of my friends, he'll do it is he'll, now he is Black, but he is not American born. So that's a whole different story. Non-Black born, (laughs) whoo-cha, black born whoo (laughs) child? But. So he'll question, he'll see it, and he'll create ways. He'll so there are there are safe black people and then there are the scary black people. And if you question yourself, what does that mean? All black people are the same because I don't see color. Ask yourself why one black person is susceptible but the other one is not. Most times it's dependent upon the level of melanin they have in their skin. Darker colors are always Perceived to be more negative. That's why the villains in every Disney movie is purple, blue, black. They're all representative of black people. To continue the narrative that black is bad and black is uh, scary. This is how deep ingrained racism is. We are taught it from literal Disney movies.
0: So sl- it's like it's so subtle, and then and now so obvious. Like it's like how are we just catching this? You know. I mean, exactly. you're like, we're not just catching this girl. We have- <laughs>
1: but that's because you are why racism was built. The white woman is the person who is meant to benefit the most from the system. Not so, the white man? No, white man, they lead the system. But don't nobody want that black man impregnating his lily white daughter. Racism was built to protect the white woman. It is to protect your virtue. It is to protect your credibility. It is to protect his family name as your father. And that's why Emmett Till was beaten and murdered because he whistled at a white woman who then later told, Oh, I, I just lied about it. He no longer lives. That's why I just saw the story the other day. This woman lied on four black men who got sentenced to life saying that they touched her. And 20 years later, she came clean and said, okay, Black Lives Matter, I lied about it. And two of them had already Yeah. So question and then infiltrate. Bring that Black friend in. If you see a, so for people like us, we're invited to do different stuff all the time. Bring the black friend along. Hey, I know that you just asked for me, but my friend, she does this. She has this background and this background. I think she'll be great for you guys to meet. Start creating the human-to-human connections. Then remove the ideology of color out of it and then promote the resume behind it, the aspects of the personality behind it. it. Start creating human-to-human connections because it is not up to our parents. It's up to our children. It's not even up to us because our grandparents are still in office. Them folks, 60 and 70, not dying, still in office, still perpetrating the same law, still pushing the same ideology and the same beliefs. And their children are going right back into it. So it is up to our children to know Yo, just because Susie's hair is different on the playground, it's okay to still play her hair and braid it too. Just make sure you ask for permission. No, her, she's not better than you because her hair is straighter. You guys are just the same awesome kids. Yeah. So it is continuously questioning, infiltrating, and then perpetuating acceptance and making sure that your Black friend isn't left out. But yeah, so it's not just about sitting in a uncomfortable conversation and getting uncomfy. It's about grabbing the next person's hand yeah. and pulling them with you. Action. And that's what the whole fit team was about. Why I built it because it was just like, all right, great. I can lose weight. I can look good and feel good. But what about the next girl? Let me grab her hand and say, hey girl, you don't have to do all that. Selfishness is the new self-care because in order to help other people, you have to first help yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I teach that, be selfish. Your yeah. kids screaming, I don't care, tell them they can sit there and wait and you go and take an hour to yourself and then come back to it and then you will be a better person for it and they'll have a better mom for it. It's the same exact way from womanhood to true integration and to true acceptance of each other is saying, yo, I got this, but you weren't able to get it even though your resume is better than mine, even though you were awesome at this doing too, let me grab your hand come with me girl let me just do it you've been overlooked let me help shine a light on you because you've been overlooked
0: yeah no you're so right and that's what you know people listening right now it's not just listening and being uncomfy in this moment and then getting up and continuing on with what you're doing but i challenge you guys to take a real look not and i'm not just saying go on your social media and follow some black people like I'm saying like, like really, truly, like look at what you're exposing yourself to. Look at, you know, the, the prejudices, the things you don't even realize right now that are being said around you. Question,
1: question why there's so many white people on television, but the moment we create anything for a black person to be on television, we either have to be the goofy, stay-tired character, the drug dealer, the drug addict, and or the gangster. Question why there are not enough varying roles for everybody question why it's all about questioning that's how psychology and sociology starts it's the big question of why and then you have to question yourself well why did i get upset because there's a bet awards and there are very few white people there why did i get upset at the cmt awards and there are very few black people there why why do i get upset when i see a black country artist but i don't get upset when i see a white rapper yeah It's literally ingrained in us, even though country was started by black people and rock and roll was started by black people. But again, it's appropriation. We take something and steal it until you know it's not for you anymore. This is mine. Country music is definitely ours. But it doesn't have to be ours in a separatism way. We as a community, and I can't speak for every single person in this community. I can only speak for those that I assimilate myself with and I am friends with and that I communicate with, all we're looking for is acceptance. Accept me for everything that I accept you for and realize that at the end of the day, if both of our arms get cut, it'll both bleed the same exact color. And if you get upset at seeing a white person get hurt or a white child get hurt, then have that same energy when you see a black person get hurt or a black child get hurt. If you see, now this is going to come out offensive, but it happens more so often than most people realize. Mm-hmm. If you see an Asian person following a black person around in the store, question why they're following them and not following you. Yeah. So you have to question, ask the questions about what you're seeing and then ask yourself how it affects you and why you haven't been able to do something to stop it and then figure out what you can do.
0: Right. Now, before I get, and I'm, I want to ask you about, you know, your business about fit team fit and all of that, you know, but what are some resources for people who are just starting to dig into this and people that are ready to start that reflection, to start that education and take that first step? What are some resources you might have for them that could, you know, open their minds to allow them to start questioning things? The
1: first book I tell everybody to read is Jim Crow, The Laws of Jim Crow, not the new Jim Crow. Take Mm -hmm. it a step back. Read The Laws of Jim Crow. It was created a very long time ago, but it is understanding and it is reading about the perpetuation of how to keep a Black person down and how to control a Negro. And the various methods that have been used and are still currently used, start there. And then from there, that will open. It's a very short read. Mm -hmm. And then Google Black bookstores in your area. There is always going to typically be at least one and, or you can find it off Amazon, but just Google Black bookstores. And those Black bookstores will have so much more knowledge and information that's not been whitewashed and that has not been watered down to make America seem much more beautiful than it actually truly has been. Mm -hmm. Just ending this up before we go into everything else, America has a very sordid past, just like almost every other country. Every country does some crazy stuff to people. It's just literally the way wars work. But the biggest difference and the biggest issue is that America does not want to take responsibility for what has happened and what has continued to transpire and how it has continued to affect the current day population. They want to blanket it over, pretend it never happened, put a nice beautiful layer of icing on top of a burnt cake and say, guys, it's perfect, eat up. That's what has been going on. And so you have to understand and realize that you still got to eat a burnt cake with icing on it if you don't stop it. You still have to deal with everything. We still have to deal with everything because they just put icing on top of it and said, everything's better. It's fine. Slavery doesn't exist. Martin Luther King is dead. Malcolm X is dead. There's no one causing funk. No one causing an uproar. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King literally have the same ideological beliefs. They literally did, but they had to paint one as a bad guy and one as a good guy. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that there's a constant layer of information that is not being told like i tell my daughter every time we go over her history notes and stuff her history teachers be tired of me they just be tired and i'm just like history is not written in truth in history is not fact history is written by the victors of war yeah. whoever wins the war burns the library that is why libraries are continuously burned down by the people who won the alexander the great alexander library is to erase history because once it's written down it can't be changed but if we burn it down you ain't got no knowledge of it and you just have word of mouth and just like we learned in elementary school telephone is the worst game to play because it changes every time it goes through so history is not fact history is simply coming from one source in one point of view in order to get a full perspective. You have to go to the person's side who lost the war and understand from their perspective as well and read it how they perpetuate and they tell that story. Fun fact, and then we can get to everything else. Most of our school textbooks in America are created in Texas. That's where the big publishing house is. And then it gets sent across the country. Mm -hmm. Texas laws have passed to... Eradicate slavery to say it never existed. That
0: saw something about this.
1: It was simply voluntary work. That the black people just said, I got your back. I will build America for free. And that is what the next generation gets to learn about is that slavery did not exist. That the Jim Crow laws didn't exist. That Black Wall Street didn't exist. And it is not dictated by the education. It is dictated by the community who votes in at your town hall meetings what they want their children to learn about. Mm -hmm. That is why home ownership is so important and why so many Black people are just now being able to have homes is because every law has been dictated what the kids will learn the next year. They vote. Do you want your kids to learn about this or learn about that? Well, that, that sounds uncomfortable. I don't want my, I don't want Susie to know what great grandparents did. Heck no, we don't want to vote about that. Let's take that out the history books. Well, parents have voted. The community in have has voted. Let's take this out of history. And then we get to current day. We get to our society. We get to the Black Lives Matter, the All Lives Matter, the Blue Lives Matter, all of that stuff. And it's just like, guys, you are literally lying to us about us what we already know. Stop trying to change history and just admit to the wrongdoings so we can come to a place and figure out how to move forward and yeah. how to change the system, break the system, rewrite the narrative. We don't have to change the history. We just want to try to say, yo, we fucked
0: up. Right.
1: We, we messed up big time, y'all. <laughs> what can we do to make this better together?
0: I know. And I think that right there, that's everything is ownership, is accountability, is understanding that like whether you are somebody you people on this listening you might say this like this is a lot right now, I'm overwhelmed, I don't even know where to start and I get that and I get that like again, it's uncomfy and it's easy to just slough it off and just say, well, I'm just gonna keep on keeping on my office isn't racist, we're fine, so what there's only you know a, one black person in my office, but she's always happy, so like it must be fine, you know like. It's deeper than that. It's layered. There's a lot that goes into it, guys. I'm still just, I am really am just now, like, having my eyes open to this. As I was telling Ebony, like, as embarrassing as that is for me to, like, admit that I was not aware of any of this, like, in the slightest, as ignorant and naive as that sounds, like, I think ownership is where we start, you know, uh, wherever you're at right now. And this guys is realizing that you and how you, how you move after this matters, right. And what you do, you know, what actions you take after this, it, it matters. So um, I know I read white fragility. That was one of the audiobooks I listened to. That was kind of, to be really honest, guys, it was uncomfortable. And again, that defensive and upset me kind of started bubbling through where i was like you just you don't want to like admit it you are not even it's like you don't want to hear it it and that's like that's what i want you guys to sit in and like at least recognize but anyway i read that i watched on netflix the 13th have Mm -hmm. you watched okay i had to pause that like every like 15 minutes to just be like what the fuck like Honestly, like it blew my mind and broke my heart. So again, you know, guys, watch that. I said
1: something. You
0: said something
1: before, before we started recording, that now that like you said something about slavery being over. And I chuckled inside of my head because I'm just like, slavery's never been over. Slavery yeah. was never abolished. It was only abolished to the men who were not arrested. Slavery still exists in the constitution as long as they are locked up. That is why Victoria's Secrets, Walmarts, Targets, I don't know if Nike still does it, they may have pulled out, but that is why they use prison population to manufacture their goods because it is slavery and it is allowed. And that is why so many cases are, there's so much disparity within the court system why a Black person's stole a book bag, he was accused of stealing a book bag, got sent to Rikers Island for like 30 years and he lost his paperwork and stuff, he ended up killing himself. But then that Brett guy, or whatever his name is, who raped three women and got time served because he was a good old boy, because they want to continue the slave trade just in a legal fashion, because it was written in the constitution that slavery can still exist, as long as it's within these certain parameters. And those parameters is incarceration, which is why, just like in the slave days, they went by the black male. They go to black male, check your teeth, they check everything, your eyes. He's a strong buck. I want this one. I'll pay $10 for this one. It's the same exact thing in incarceration. That's why there's so many broken homes and stuff, because they went in and took the black men. So they can have their labor for free
0: yeah and just that like i mean you calling me out on that like we're in it guys like it's not something that was just oh it was forever ago and and i don't know why that was my perception growing up was eh, History. yeah 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 full circle right <laughs> full circle <laughs> i thought like, it's just it's we're in it another thing i honestly actually i watched the netflix document series when they see us I'm sure like a lot of people have now and that this start of this Ebony and I were talking before we hit record and she's like you know it's okay to get emotional and I was kind of speaking on like but is it my place to be emotional like is it my place to like it's not for the drama it's not for the the oh look okay good well she, if she's emotional then she's sorry and and it's okay like it's it's almost this like inner debate of, like, do I even allow myself the space to be emotional? Is it my place to be emotional, you know? The same way we are
1: screaming, just support us, just be with us, just be our friends, just understand us is the same way it is A-OK for you to be emotional. Because at the end of the day, we're not trying to perpetuate and continue. Now, some folks might, some, some folks might be, there are some crazy Black people out there, I ain't, ain't laugh, but... We are not trying to perpetuate a black supremacy. We are trying to perpetuate equality. Equality in the most basic form is you're a human. I'm a human. And as humans, we have emotions. You are seeing something that is extremely traumatizing. It's traumatizing to the people experienced it and it's traumatizing to you as you're witnessing it. Like I said earlier, we are most people are visual learners. That's why we have movies. That's why we have Netflix. That's why we can binge watch for hours because we're visual learners. So as you're reading and you're watching this, you are in its place, you are putting yourself in that main character's place and you are reliving this. It may not be to the same extent, but you are still reliving the same scenarios and putting yourself in that position. And that is what empathy is is understanding from an actual position. Like, yo, that shit was deep. That. How can a mother have to endure that for her child? How can the child have to endure this stuff? Now I see when they see this. I'm not watching it. I just refuse to. I can't do it. Yeah. And that is the point when they say, "Don't put this on your black friends." That is what they're talking about. It's just we have been experiencing this for so long that we tired. We just tired. Not tired. We tired. (laughs) But it is still okay to ask a question, to say, hey, I read this book. Do you know something that coincides with that book? Do you know something else I can do? Like I said, Google black stores, black bookstores. That's going to, that's a mind blow in itself. Just because the knowledge that we are able to steal and hold on to that doesn't get burned down is so precious that we have to keep within the black community, but it is still information that needs to be learned and needs to be shared and needs to be understood why some people are so aggressive, why some people are so defensive, why some people are more understanding because there's so much history and there's so many layers to it. Right. The motion. Okay. Look, I, I had to watch Roots. Have you ever seen a movie Roots? I have not. Yeah, that one right there. I had to watch that when I was like six. And then I had to watch the sequel to it. And it's like a six hour trilogy, man. And it's literally showing the worst of the worst. Well, not even the worst. Some of the parts that happen in slavery. And then I had to watch Amistad. That was about the transition from Africa to America. And that in itself is seeing what people, again, people had to endure and then how they're treated today. It's like, what in the absolute world when people would rather die than to be captured? That has to say something. Yeah. Because it has to say something to who is doing the capturing and what they're about to experience. And even Beyonce, it was Beyonce or Jay-Z. One of them said it in one of the lyrics of the song, throw me in the river, I'll rather die with my ancestors than have to live another day doing this. When you would rather not be here on this earth than experience what we go through, as a human being, you have to question what is truly happening? What is truly going on? What am I not seeing? Yeah. And that's why I say the first step is listening. Then it's questioning. Then it's including and then it's working on ways to break the system together.
0: I love that. I think that's a perfect way to continue and urge and encourage people to, you know, go on this journey for themselves and own it, you know, just like we were saying. So, I do want to ask you about Fit Team and and all that you do your business and the lives you are changing in just such an amazing way, Ebony. So share with us a little bit about that. I know people probably wanna hear what you do and who knows, maybe you're a fit for them when it comes to coaching and fitness and things they're looking for also.
1: So I am a wellness coach. I'm, a, I'm trying to actually transition away from a personal trainer because I'm more still so a lifestyle and wellness coach. I teach people how to create balance in their lives. I believe that not everyone's an athlete. Not everyone is meant to meal prep and eat the same chicken, rice, and broccoli for 16 weeks straight and then have a simple one or a day. Not everyone's meant for this life. So I teach people about balance, how to incorporate the foods you love, but still incorporate the foods that your body craves and needs while still losing weight and getting into the best shape and health of your life. Live your life, but actually enjoy your health and your body and life too. So I'm a wellness coach. I offer online training and coaching as well as I have different pop-ups around the city. I have a few awesome things in the pipeline. <laughs> I was so, going
0: to say like, what's coming up for Ebony? Like, what are you excited about? What do you want to tell us about? What can you tell us about?
1: All I can say, it has something to do with fitness, beer, and the best barbecue in America.
0: Okay, sign me up. Sign me up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, oh God, the first it. part actually launches this Sunday, and then it'll be a little bit more, what's Ebony doing? But, yes, one of the, my biggest dreams was always to create healthy foods for people. Fun fact, I love to cook. My dad was a vegetarian chef and I've been in the kitchen my whole life. I love to cook and I've partnered with local barbecue companies to create fit boxes, which is barbecued food, but still within your macros to help you. No way. Yes. That is
0: so awesome.
1: So by the time this podcast is out, it should already be in production.
0: So, so Atlanta only, or what's your, is that your vision? Atlanta, surrounding Atlanta, I'm down, I'm down South. So (laughs) will I be allowed to be a part of this? Well, it's distribution. So I
1: plan on creating them. We've already developed the freezing system. So it's flash frozen. So you can reheat it and have the same fresh flavors. And so, yeah, so no, it's be distributed Uh. all over. Just Love like that. my fit collection, my online boutique and stuff. So that is the biggest thing. I may or may not. I cannot confirm nor deny.
0: Okay.
1: A fit beer.
0: Oh, girl, I'm so pumped.
1: A <laughs> year. I may or may not. We're just going to speak it into existence. That everything goes through on all we'll it, and fronts.
0: maybe by the time everybody's listening to this and it's august and it's hot outside you know y'all can go find ebony on instagram which leads me to my next question where can people find you where can they see what you're about where can they talk to you and dm you and where are you
1: best way is instagram that has all my links my instagram is e b o n i FIT is with two T's because it stands for Forever Inspiring Total Transformations. And that is my goal across anybody that I ever interact with is to help you transform into your best self, whether that is with business, whether it's with fitness, whether that's with health, whether that's with family, no matter what you see your best self is, I want to assist in some way to help you either build your mindset or build your body to get there to that next level and goal. So it is fit, F-I-T-T dot Ebony with an I E B O N I.
0: Well, this has just been, it's been uncomfy. It's been emotional. It's been hard. It's been real. It's been fun though, and it's been important. And so I just want to say thank you, for being that being a friend for me being a a gut check for me somebody to always teach me and somebody i look up to like honestly truly truly you're such an amazing woman in just all aspects and i respect you so much and so thank you for being with us here today and Guys, go find her.
1: Having me, thank you so much for having me.
0: And like I said
1: in the beginning, if this conversation sparked lots of questions, because I'm sure it has, DM me. It is a-okay to DM me. There is nothing that's about race, society, gender, whatever's currently going on that I'm going to be uncomfortable or offended about, because at the end of the day, I want us all to build the most basic human connection and realize that we're all in this and we're all on this planet together. And the only way to make it better for the next generation is to link arms and address all the bullshit that grandparents may have shoved down our throats because of their old way beliefs. And it's, and that's all I want is human to human experience and connection.
0: I love it. I love it. And the very last thing, quick actually two last things. We're going to keep it quick here. I always ask every guest on the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast, what is your hard no and your hell yes? It can be life advice. It can be relating to anything. So just something you'd say, you know, hard no, don't do that, you know, and hell yes, do that now.
1: Okay. Hard no. Do not ever, 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 ever Put your goals and dreams on hold for a relationship. Never, ever, ever understand that you come first. Understand that it is up to you to better yourself. It is not up to your partner. It is not up to your spouse. It is not up to your mama, daddy, brother, sister, uncle, cousin. It is up to you to better yourself. And do not put your dreams on hold for someone else because it'll perpetuate guilt as you go along within that relationship. So always look out for you in a non-selfish but selfless way. Become the best version of you. A hell yes. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Selfish is being selfless in most instances. Yeah. Take care of you, damn it. Take that bath. Take that hour walk. Take a moment for yourself. Put yourself first in order to pour into everybody else because that's really the reason why I started the fit team I was a wife mom I worked corporate I did so much and at the end of every single day I was burnt out and I was tired and I just didn't have the energy and I couldn't understand why until ironically a Mary K lady came to try to sell me Mary K and she sat me down and she said look you're doing all this ripping and running while everyone's just sitting here And you have not taken a moment to catch your own breath first. Sit down, enjoy your dinner, eat it while it's hot and take care of you first and then go on and continue pouring into the rest of your family. That conversation was in 2010. And I started the 15 in 2011. Well, it was the 21, but now it's the 15. But I started that ideology that You have to be selfish. You have to be selfish with you in order to be selfless for others.
0: Yeah, I love the saying of like, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So for sure on that one, hell yes. Okay, and then the very, very, very last thing to show that you're human, we're human. Everybody has mistakes. We all have embarrassing moments. So what's an embarrassing moment you are willing to share with the Let's Get Uncomfy community?
1: An embarrassing moment.
0: <laughs> Girl,
1: I am short, bow legged, and pigeon-toed. I have so many embarrassing moments. I trip over my feet as I walk regularly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> guilty. I am guilty of that. <laughs> well, uh,
1: I don't know if I have a specific story just because I promise you I'll probably walk out of here and walk into the wall and apologize to the wall, but I'm sorry. It's, shit, it's a wall. Damn it. Ugh. <laughs>
0: We are all there with you, girl, and Sears, literally same, same. So anyway, thank you so much for sharing with us today, for pouring into us, for having the conversation with us, Ebony, and guys, if you're listening to this, go forth and own it and take accountability, and we're all in this together.
1: We are, and it is not a bad thing to admit to having racist thoughts and beliefs. The bad thing is acting on them and not trying to change them. So most people say, racist, no, oh my God, stop. No, a lot of people are racist. And it is taught, like I said, from Disney movies. And you don't even realize and understand it. And it is okay to admit that you didn't see it. It is okay to admit that you did participate in it. And it is okay to take accountability for it and then move forward with your actions to ensure that you don't do it again.
0: Thank you, Ebony. And guys... Don't forget to share this podcast, send it to somebody, you know, today it might be uncomfy, but share it, tag us on your Instagram. Let us know that you listen. Let us know what you gained from this today. I hope you guys have a great day and that's it. Bye. That is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hey, I'd be so grateful if you took one second to send this podcast to one person, you know, would love it. And also don't forget, leave a five-star review because honestly, go big or freaking go home, Becky, okay? <laughs> don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a follow if you're listening through Spotify. Also go ahead and check this out at letsgetuncomfy.podcast and myself at Annie underscore FitLifeFitMe on Instagram. Tag us in your stories. Let me know how you're getting uncomfy and what you loved about today's episodes. Now, go do it. Go get uncomfy. Pursue what others consider unlikely. I double dog Faria.